Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back. As you can tell, I'm a little raspy right now. My allergies are getting the best of me, but that's okay. The good news I have is that the next episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast is about to start right now. But before we do, I just want to say thanks to Wild Edge Incorporated, maker of the stepladder, the finest climbing system we think is in the land, and Bowhunter Box Club, which puts together a great selection of of archery products that both the uh, the novice and the tinkerer like myself can appreciate every month. Now let's get to it. All right, so from this point forth, everything is on the record, and don't give me something that I can use against you later on. I can't guarantee I wouldn't do it. <laughs> fair enough, man, fair enough. All right, guys, well, on the line I've got a guest that I have been talking to, working with, Looking forward to, to getting on the phone to talk to y'all. I, I'm, I'm excited about this guest. He and I are going to be working together. Well, we will be working together. It's not just me. It's Leighton as well. But uh, we're going to be working together uh, to bring you some different content on a semi-regular basis. Well, that's to be determined. But the the main emphasis is we're going to start uh, integrating some, some small conversations regarding conservation efforts in the country. Uh, topics that are important, but before I go down that tangent, and y'all know I will, I'd like to introduce Tyler Ross. Buddy, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you, sir? Man, any better, I couldn't stand it. I tell you, I have had, uh, I was talking on the phone previously, I've had an afternoon like you wouldn't believe, but mm. I'm on the phone recording a podcast now, and I'm in my happy place. Good, man. That's good. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. Uh, I know folks can make life a little difficult. They sure they can, would. man. They sure can. <laughs> but I tell you, it takes all kinds to make the world go around. That's right. That's the truth. <laughs> well, uh, Tyler, uh, I'm going to give a, a brief summary here, and then I, I kind of like you to introduce everybody, introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, okay. We we met on Facebook, I think via the podcast, and you can clarify in a minute, but uh, met via the podcast through some people that uh, we both mutually knew, and you are... Uh, an avid conservationist both in your private life but also I believe for for your day job as well and you started a conservation group and page uh, that I I think everybody here should be uh, tuning into and paying attention to Uh, your 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 I guess your your organization probably not a company but your organization is called true conservation and that's the most I'm gonna butcher why don't you fill in the lines buddy absolutely well um like you know, like you're saying, uh, 
in, I guess, my hobbies in my private life, uh, um, I attempt to be involved in the conservation discussions and realm um, locally, but as well as uh, nationally and very, 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 very limited globally, anything like that. I'm not, I'm not Shane Mahoney by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I, um, I started I started a website called trueconservationist.com, and I started that website um, after a meeting um, for public land management here in Western North Carolina um, on the Pisgah and Nantahala Forest. Well, any national forest, uh, but, you know, U.S. Forest Service property, they go through a plan revision. Um, it's supposed to be on a 12-year rotation, 12 to 15-year rotation. And Pisgah and Nantahala's came up in about 2012, and um, – while that was going on there uh, with anything when it comes to loaded emotions, um, you know, these public lands are very important to so many people. There's a lot of misinformation, a lot of mudslinging, and um, the most loosely affiliated group in the eyes of local media and other folks have been um, the hunters and the anglers. So um, I was sitting at a meeting and a gentleman that represents a local um, organization was talking to a uh, a lady with the newspaper and she made a statement about um one of the hunters one of one of our guys had been discussing um, conservation and things like that and they said well yeah hunters contribute a little bit but we're the true conservationists and they were they were very they were a very anti-management very pro-preservation organization um that i can't prove if they're anti-hunting but you know the good book says you'll know them by the fruits and you know, their their tree ain't bearing nothing when it comes to getting out there and participating on the landscape and harvesting some protein. So, you know, I just assumed that. But the way that he talked to her about that, it was just very condescending. And it was almost like uh, we didn't deserve to be in the discussion. And it kind of ticked me off because where we're from is where um, Gifford Pinchot brought Carl Shank over to George Vanderbilt's estate. The Biltmore States, where forestry started in America, it's where wildlife management started in America with the Pisgah Biz- Game Preserve, and it's where uh, conservation, soil and water conservation down east started in America. As uh, Hugh Hammond Bennett in the Brown Creek Watershed, so that was kind of a slap, slap, slap in the face to me, but also to all those that came before us. So I got fired up, and instead of reading out like I would have done in my youth, I decided to go home. And buy a website. <laughs> so I went home <laughs> and bought the rights to trueconservationist.com. And, uh, you know, I had no really crazy intentions of it. I was just in the back of my mind. I was like, I'm not going to let these people, I'm not going to give there an opportunity for somebody to come up here to use this address to bash hunters or to bash hunting. And um, there probably a few months it just sat there and then, uh, I was discussing something on Instagram or something with one of my buddies. And uh, he said, man, you just need to start writing. Just start writing your stuff down, start blogging, you know. So I started doing that. And, uh, yeah, it's it's become a thing where it's just some of it's my ramblings, but it's also like I'm trying to – the big goal is to herald back to what, you know, what our conservation heritage is. And I think it's something that in the hunting hunting conversations – We've been missing a lot because, you know, if you go on social media and you follow the hashtag hunter or deer hunter or whatever, um, more than more than not, you're going to have pictures that are not necessarily like I'm not going to say they're bad for the image of a hunter, but a lot of it's just like a lot of unapologetic things that don't really paint us in a real positive light, and, the, and it's kind of it's kind of frustrating because it's like a you know, I'm a Carolina basketball fan, and we collectively with the University of North Carolina have a lot to do with Michael Jordan coming to basketball. So because of that, I try and engage and, like, not be a jerk Carolina fan, I guess is the best <laughs> way to put it. I try and be like, yeah, that's cool, but you guys remember Michael Jordan? Well, here's some cool stuff about that. You know, we're like, being, you know, I mm-hmm. think about our heritage that way. You know what it's like. You're sure. a bulldog. Oh, yeah. And, um... I think like we have missed the boat for a long time and it wasn't until Steven Ronella started talking and Randy Newberg started talking and Shane Mahoney, you know, that that's starting. It's like, it's a new thing. And I don't know. I just, I felt that we need to just have something else to where it's coming from a, 
a kid that really I I didn't grow up in the outdoors or I didn't grow up hunting. I grew up outside all the time, but I didn't I didn't have the abilities to hunt when I was growing up. So I don't know. It was just something I felt like it was more of let's focus on our or I'm I'm wanting it to be more of let's let's discuss about conservation, the image of a hunter, but also let's let's answer the call for our conservation heritage of who we are, you know, as as hunters and anglers, you know, who we are as conservationists. It's not that I think in any way, shape or form I am the authority on conservation or I'm a true conservationist. I just it was the website I had. <laughs> and it's kinda it's kinda catchy. I mean a lot yeah. of folks they kinda like it. So Well I think I think it's one of those things where, you know, the pendulum swings. I think you and I have kind of talked about this before. The pendulum swings. And we, you and I and everybody talking, uh, listening to this now and people who aren't listening, if they're an outdoorsman, they're benefiting from the hard works of the folks during the 20th century. And there was extreme conservation movement then. I mean, we're talking about very unpopular items being pushed through. We're talking about extreme adversity and we'll probably at some point talk about some of this but you know they're they're trying to push through uh self-imposed taxes during the height of the great depression i mean we're talking we're talking great feats of effort to to instill concert uh, conservation values for you and i to benefit from and i think you know that pendulum swung in one direction and over time it started to slow back down and 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 people started to see the reward from it and and uh Deer populations and duck populations and turkey populations across the board, all animals across the board, started to to show this remarkable rebound. And it wasn't until we started to be faced with another adversity. You know, we kind of got a little lazy, and we got faced with another adversity, uh, which is uh, multifaceted. I won't go down that path. But we are starting to face (laughs) some serious issues here that – that I feel like it's it's reunited some people who said, you know what, I have a voice, I have ability to, 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 to communicate this, I have a platform, or I want to have a platform. And it's not that uh, you and I are, we're not special, we're not Theodore Roosevelt or, 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 or Aldo Leopold, Leo, uh, Leo, oh my goodness, Yeah, uh, you know what you I'm trying it. to say, Aldo thank you, Leopold. Aldo Leopold. You know, we're not those great conservationist, conservationist minds, however, it's time everybody starts to kind of think about it again. That's yeah, exactly no. right. That's exactly right. And it's not like they didn't lay out a good playbook or footsteps for us to follow in. Boy, it's a winning playbook. It's a Nick Saban of all playbooks. I mean, this thing is just in, indisputable. Yeah, yeah. Who's How, Nick Saban? Yeah, right. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could say it was the Kirby Smart, but January did not play out the way I wanted it to. So I might have to continue oh. to give credit, but. Yeah, no, I mean, they gave us they gave us the the foundations, and the cool thing is now we have technology at our at our advantage. We have mass communication. We can rally to things. We can change things and movements overnight. We can change legislation in a matter of yeah. no time. Uh, congressional bill HR, what was it? Um, six twenty one and six twenty two. Exactly, we're pulled in the matter of what days? Yeah, and that dude backpedaled, son. Yes, he did. Golly. I mean, he started and, and, reaching out. <laughs> Yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah, and and that's that's you know that's how we got to be. Yeah, and, but in the same token, like what I really, Shane Mahoney said this. I want to say it was on Randy Newberg's podcast about we don't need to drag conservation down to the level of politics. We need Correct. to elevate politics up to that. So to me, that means I get so frustrated when I see people toe and then entrench in a party line when it comes to conservation, when it comes to hunting or it comes to fishing. Correct. And it just, it does nothing. It does nothing proactive for the resource. Nothing. When you're sitting there saying my guy or my girl is, you know, they have this next to the end of their name for an R or a D mm-hmm. or an I. And that's the only reason you listen to that individual, or that's the only reason you want to go with that, you know, that person you're doing more damage than you are helping. Correct. Because if you go, well, You've seen it. You yep. go and read some of these comment threads, man. Like, God bless. Like, uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers shows the thing about Patagonia Oof. CEO. Jesus. And you would have thought that dude. The devil. Like, yeah. The devil. And, 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 and the thing is, like, that's a, that's a pretty unique opportunity for a bunch of folks that participate on the landscape to have the ear of an individual who – is a, I mean, he's a, he's a pioneer in the outdoor industry. 
you know, somebody to have in our corner, but also somebody also to say like, maybe that's something to start. Maybe he, maybe he's got the ability or the, yeah, the avenues to show, show, show the public who hunters are, who we are as conservationists. You well, know? well, there's, and, there's no maybe there. There's no maybe at yeah. all. Any, uh, any, I, any self-respecting twenty-year-old, early twenty-year-old has got at least four Patagonia shirts, three Patagonia yeah. jackets, and and he's probably got Patagonia tattooed between the shoulder blades. I mean, you're talking about the, yeah. the heart brand right now of of the of the youth right now that. <clears throat> we need to be trying to, to catch their 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 uh, soul, their their outdoor spirit. Yeah, and he yeah. and he's got and he's got the path to do it. He does. I will say this, however, I do like when Stephen Ronella cuts fish on a Patagonia sticker. I do like that. <laughs> I haven't so seen that. So yeah, they're like big catch and release, which you know has its place. It's awesome. Oh but, right, yes, yeah. yes, he, yeah. There was one I think it was on Meat Eater or something. He said, "I just got to say, I enjoy cutting this, this Patagonia <laughs> sticker." But you know, it's it's. It takes. It's like we just said. It takes all kinds. And when we when we pigeonhole ourselves or we entrench like in a party line or we entrench in, um, it's my right. You know, just mm-hmm. kind of redding out. You know, it 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 does nothing. Nothing frustrates me more than seeing some like some person on social media and they're making comments very uneducated and it's not, I'm not going to say ignorant. Like they're just idiots, like ignorant to the fact that they don't know any better. They don't know the facts and they're making ignorant statements about hunting and they're making ignorant statements about people that just eat meat in general or whatever. And the first thing you see is like the first 20 comments come from people that are just like, that's why I live. You know, all these just, they're dumb. They, They make no, no sense. They don't add to the conversation. They actually, take away from it and it's like you have an opportunity to actually come in and say hey do you know who we are what we do and yeah you may not want to do what we do you may not agree with it, you may not participate in, but it's bigger than going out and killing something it's bigger than riding down the road shooting a shotgun out the window while i'm throwing bush lights in the ditch you know you know it's just that's that's what people think of us as and obviously media showed that in the past little bit and you know there's been other places and and yeah we can you know we have every right to be upset about it but at the same time what good are we doing if we're just going to sit there and talk smack and bellyache about it what are what are you doing to better the situation well that's fred bear fred i mean if you're not if you're not uh for hunting if everything you're doing is not for hunting, I'm paraphrasing, everything you're doing is against hunting. You're, you're going off on that tangent, and I don't mean you obviously, but the, the people going off on those tangents telling people to shove off and pound sand, is that advancing hunting? Well, sure, you could make the shallow and brief argument that you told somebody that you were going to continue to do it, and you quote-unquote defended hunting and fishing, conservation, trapping, whatever it is. You could say you defended it. But yeah. here's the thing. The people that are going to get on there and say some vicious things, about hunting and fishing, those ignorant things, nine times out of ten, you can't win that person over. So it's better that you put a well-spoken, brief or long, however you want to put it, but however long you want to make it, but make it one that's concise and shows to the other people who will scroll through these things. I mean, I do it, man. I get on those posts, I'm like, I wonder what people are saying. Yep. They get my little daily dose of drama right here because I don't want it in my real life, but I can <laughs> I can scroll right through here and see it, you know, my own two eyes, and then I can close yep. it out. But I see those kind of things, man. I formulate my opinion based on a lot of the back and forth on the comments on those on some topics. Yeah. And and, and so you're 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 putting stuff out there on the permanent public record that someone who's formulating their opinion is going to see. And on one side, they're going to see somebody who's passionately saying that you're murdering the c- cutest animals they've ever seen. Go get your mm-hmm. meat from Walmart. And instead, you're instead of saying, well, you're getting your meat from Walmart, I'm getting my meat from the woods, let's draw a line between who's taking responsibility for it. Let's draw a line between which is funding the environment, environmental mm-hmm. cleanups and stuff. Instead of doing that, you know, you're just basically telling them to, t- to, to, to shove off. And I'm sorry, anybody yep. who's ignorant about the matter that sees that argument back and forth, they're going to side with the passionate person. Absolutely. They're going to be like, this, this, this person, this hunter bullied this individual for a different opinion. And, you know, how do we expect other folks to hear us out on what, on why we do what we love, why our passion is what it is, if we can't do the same freaking thing for them? It's like, I know it sounds like I'm totally fanboying on Stephen Ronella right now, and maybe I ain't, but it's Hell like I when do. he's, you know, he's a treasure. But, um, 
it's like when you he had there's that video on YouTube where he's talking about his book and that gentleman that's vegan and you know anti-hunting is sitting in the back talking about a brochure and they go back and forth and he says you know I'd rather talk to you about this you know and he just discusses why that is but I think that touches on something discourse and debate is needed that's kind of I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna say this that's kind of how our country came about and that's kind of what the grand idea was behind our country you know it's kind of a big deal it's kind of who we are as a people and it just amazes me like how how people just uh, I don't know it's frustrating it's frustrating <laughs> but I think I think we're starting to see a turnaround on that sure I really do sure. uh, you know and it's folks like you um folks that that they're using their their platforms and their voice and it's man it's awesome it's exciting too um and i know i'm going on a little rant right here but it's like today i went and shot at our local bow club and i went up i went up to the top to pay the gentleman who whose property it is my dues to have access to that property go shoot targets and 3d targets and um about four or five guys they were you know the youngest one might have been 60 years old they all had their trad equipment out there. They were all shooting. And, I mean, these dudes, that's all they've ever hunted with is traditional bows. They're throwing arrows. They're, they're studs. Um, but I was sitting there, and I was, like, you know, talking to them and whatnot. And I looked around. Well, my buddy pulled up with his son. Well, we're 32. There was 28 years between me and the youngest individual that was there. There was that big, that, that large of a gap. So, today made me really realize like how important we act and how important it is for what we say, what we do to, to solve these issues um, in order to address multiple things when it comes to recruitment, because there's a very big generational gap where that did not happen. And, you know, it's on us to, and, and I mean, obviously this is a, this is an isolated incident, you know, but it's pretty much like my dad and his, his, his generation were the last ones that were passionate about this. And, um, man, it's, it's, it's scary, especially when I look at two, you know, my two boys, and I'm like, what's going to be left here for you? Sure. You know? Sure. So. Well, I think, I think, uh, this is an easy way to kind of seg back. We, we chased that rabbit pretty hard there, buddy, but I think, <laughs> I think it's all, all needed to be said. And I think it's, it's going to be a, a, a good introduction to what we're going to do here. But that kind of goes back what you just said. It's your responsibility on your logo. I, I want to kind of continue this dialogue of what people kind of kind of expect from tr the true conservationist. On your logo, you have that's uh, 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 you have an iteration of that charge on your logo, and and that's mm -hmm. the the verse from Gen uh, Genesis. Would you like to touch on that? I know that's kind of dear to yes. I'm trying I'm trying to find my logo real quick because you know you got Genesis 27:3 which obviously that's a go to for a lot of folks. That's a good one, you know, take up your quiver, go get me. Take your arrow and quiver, go get me some venison. I mean, obviously we all love that. But, Absolutely. That's the fun um, one. Yeah, that's the greatest one. <laughs> um it's actually funny 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 story side while I'm getting all this stuff together for that. Um we, we had a we had a thing at our church where I was talking uh, when I was younger about um, they asked me what my favorite scripture was. I mean, this was, man, this was forever and a day ago. And that was the first thing I said to him was, you know, I really like, um, I really like the book of Genesis and like the children's minister was like, well, why, why is that Tyler? And I was like, you know, there's one thing in there where he talks about deer hunting and I like that pretty good. And that was what it was. Uh, Genesis uh, 27 3 but the one that I do have on there is um, Genesis it's it's in the first chapter and it's verses 24 through 30 and it's where um, according to the new international version if some people may get a little weird about it which you know it is what it is then God said let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds the livestock the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals each according to its kind and, and it was so God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make mankind in our image, our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
So, and then it, then 29, where he talks about the plants, and on back into 30, where he just reiterates the authority over that domain and the creatures of that domain. And that gets misused a lot by folks that um, may be on the right or may may have different views, interpretations of that. But my my understanding of that and my personal conviction and why I do what I do is that my charge, like there's some people they're called to, they're called to save lives. And that could be a preacher, teacher, doctor, you know, lawyer, police officer, first responder. They're, that's their, that's their calling. And that's beautiful. And there's folks they're called to serve people, you know, and I feel like my calling because maybe, maybe it's, I'm wrong here. Cause I just don't like people. But I feel my, I feel my, what I'm called to do was to be the best steward that I could be on this earth of the second greatest creation, which is, you know, the earth and everything about it. I feel that that's my charge and that's why I'm here. You know, that's what my job is to do down here. And I know a lot of people are probably tuning out and like, oh, he's getting, you know, getting spirit, you know, religious or whatever. But that's, that's my thing. And I think that that's, that's why that's on there because that resonates with me and that's, you know, when I was in college, um, getting my bachelor's in science, that was that was the verse that kept me grounded of, this is why you're here. And I remember a uh, my former pastor making a uh, sermon, and he just said, you have to do the justice of environmental stewardship. And that just, I've never yelled amen. And you can ask my wife, like, I didn't want to be there. And that is when it said, you know, you're supposed to be here. This is good spot for you and i might i may have given a little amen (laughs) because it was just it's just very true man that's our charge you know we're our charge is to be um the justice of environmental stewards you know that's and we're supposed to take care of and it's not supposed to be completely exasperated it's not supposed to be completely you know inundated and annihilated just getting what we can out of it it's a charge to you know in my opinion it's telling me tyler we have to practice conservation you know, and that's that's why that's on my logo, which um, I was very, very fortunate to get that done. Um, thank you, Sarah. Sarah Riddle's her name. She did awesome. But yeah. And yeah, that's uh, that's my charge on it. And it's got a bow on there and an axe. <laughs> well, I think I think you, you kind of hit on something that I, I feel like the need to address. And that is if that bored you because of of a lack of a religious affiliation or that you didn't come here for a sermon. That's fine. I understand that. But I'll say this, the charge remains the same. The charge, the charge should transcend your religious or spiritual beliefs. We are the funding mechanism of the, of, of our environment. We conserve our money, our efforts, our direct contributions, our excise taxes. We fund the majority of, of conserving ecological systems in this state, mm-hmm. in this country. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Absolutely. So if that's Absolutely. the, if that's the case, this don't matter whether or not you're charged by a, by a Bible or, or by the air that you need to be breathing and the water that yep. you need to be drinking. That's clean or the food chain that you need to be ca- coming from this, this yep. issue transcends all of that, that th- th- it should be one that unites us politically, religiously or non-religiously. It shouldn't change anything. This ought to be one thing that we can unanimously agree to. Yeah, absolutely. So. Preach, son. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to pontificate tonight. <laughs> that's that's not the goal of that. Uh, the, go- the goal tonight, and, and I feel like I may have already strayed from it a little bit, but the goal tonight was to introduce a good friend of mine and, and give give credit and build a relationship with my listeners so that, they, so that when you come on here and drop the hammer in future weeks, uh, oh, Mavericks even getting in on it. When All you right. <laughs> when uh, when you come on in future weeks, you can uh, people know why they should listen to you. Um, and, and I think I think we've we've done a good job of that. I mean, you've got a now before we before we get too much further, you have a Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, you also have a Facebook group. Why don't you tell everybody mm-hmm. about that real quick? So my Facebook page is just um, it's true conservationists, and it's uh, you know we talk about we share articles. It's very you know. Um, we talk about different things it's where a lot of my blog posts are published and when Sean writes for me stuff he does and 
we discussed that stuff, but uh, really what, we, what we've what we noticed that we really enjoy and what we're seeing a lot of folks getting involved in is uh, a group called Talking Conservation. And it's talking without the G and a little apostrophe at the end because it's, uh, it's yeah, so what it is is it's just, um, it's a bunch of folks who are very, like we've got a good group in there. We really do. And it's uh, a couple of them are resource professionals, um, biologists, foresters, um, ecologists, landscape architects. Oh, Lord, the list goes on. Um, engineers. Um, and then the the core of all of everybody has it is we're wildlife enthusiasts, but we're also big conservation enthusiasts about habitat because it's we all have the same passion, the same goal, and that is to get out there and to hunt or to fish. And, um, it's really been cool cause, uh, you know, we'll get in there and we'll, we'll share some stuff and we'll discuss things on how it's going. And, um, I did a little video for it. Like to, when somebody joins a group or asked to join the group and we let them in, they got to watch the video and it's just, we keep it civil. We don't debate stuff. I mean, we debate stuff. We have discourse, but the second, like people just start pushing each other down and it comes personal taps, you know, we, we step in and say, there's no need for that. Cause it's not conducive to actually doing something you know, if actually having the discussion and I'd say, um, well, you, you're in the group. Have you, have you learned, uh, have you seen anything that's been beneficial to you? Oh, um, daily. I was going to wait till you were finished, but the amount of conservation uh, professionals, but then just, um, uh, con- contributors that, that are there. I mean, th- we're talking, there's some bright minds in this group every day, uh, I look forward to what gets posted there because it's it's really <clears throat> I struggle in my day to day to to surround myself with good reliable news sources that can provide me information relative to conservation efforts. Absolutely. And, and this I honestly feel is my news feed for conservation. I love it, dude. Oh man, it's it, it's and you're right. There, dude, we got some guys in there, and I'll I'll give uh, Chad and Todd a quick shout out as well as Sean Clarkson. All these guys are. That. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> man, they get out there and Sean's just, he's just a rock star when it comes to this stuff. He's got a good background in it. Uh, BHA guy in Virginia sits on their, uh, state board. And then Ch- uh, Todd Waldron up in New York. Yeah, I mean, he, him and Jeff Jones at the Southeast, they also like bring up a whole lot of discussion in there. And like, the big thing that I love about it is it's not speculation, it's not emotionally driven in the facts of just pointing figures. They go back and they say, that's interesting that you have this opinion. If in the case there's any discourse and they present facts and it's like peer revision is a big thing as it should be. I'm going to say that for the folks in the back peer revision matters <laughs> because you know, it's, it's actually a thing and we like it. Yeah. But you a know, and, and yeah. And then Chad down there in Florida, uh, all these guys are VHAers. Um, a lot of the folks we, I'm, like, and we've even got like, a swath of conservation organizations in there. We've got NWTF folks, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation folks, we've got QDMA guys, and it's like folks that are just all involved in it. We've got, oh man, it's just, it's really cool. And um, the discussions that you get there and what it leads to, like there's been private messages that have been generated from this, 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 this group for conversations and it's exciting what, what things are leading to it. Cause I mean, right now this is an example of that, you know, not necessarily from talking conservation. Like I met you from uh, the podcast and it was introduced to you. Um, I listened to y'all's podcast and was introduced to you and uh, heck we just, we ain't never stopped talking, but there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of that that happens, man. There's a lot of good, good stuff. And, and the thing is it's on us if, you know, locally and nationally, it's on us to just go ahead and, work amongst ourselves to try and figure out how we're going to address some of the big situations we're facing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think, uh, I, I'm not going to go through and, and mention a lot of the folks that are in there, but, uh, I know there's, there's folks from, uh, several different podcasts in that group. There yeah. are, there are folks from different, different, um, uh, spec, uh, specialities, I guess is how you'd say it. You know, you, we've got some of the, 
the names that you've seen go around podcasts themselves, you know, like yeah. a, a Warren Womack is one of my, one of the things that one of the ones that comes to mind on me, he's been on several different podcasts. The dude's a, a, a wealth of knowledge and it's just a good group of people that are all getting together to, to discuss, learn and, and further the conversation of, of conservation without any competing interest. This is just something that we, we all contribute to. And I, I love it, man. That's one of the reasons why you and I, once we met, I think, was it Sean that introduced us? I think it Sean was. introduced us. Yeah. yeah Sean, um, introduced Sean us. has introduced me to a lot of great folks, most of which are all in that group as well. And, um, once we started talking, man, we just, we hit it off and I got, I, I was, I was impressed with your, your wealth of conservation efforts. And honestly, I felt really pleased to, to been blessed with, with the dialogue because it's very hard to find, in some social circles, uh, people who are willing to discuss conservation efforts and be passionate about it. And, you know, God bless my wife. She puts up with me and, and she <laughs> deserves, she deserves the highest, uh, uh, award for, oh, for, gosh, for yeah. what she does, you know, but she, she can only handle so thorough a conversation on conservation that matters. And, and I think, I think that's one of the reasons why I like this. And I thought to myself one day, I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast so he can, he can spread some of this knowledge that he has an awareness on some of these topics more than anything, just awareness, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I got a platform. And if, if the charge is that conservation and, uh, taking care and dominion of the earth and, and, and its resources is my charge. Well, here's an opportunity for me to, to, to lend my platform that, uh, as modest as it might be towards those efforts. So I'm Man. glad. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to be a part of it. And, and, and one other thing I'll say, like, I've noticed that, the difference in this group and like even on like the true conservationists, like the discussions um, on, on the just regular Facebook page is there's very little to no egos to where it's because you know what I'm talking about when you get out there, like there are groups that I really love being a part of. There's a wealth of information on them, but if someone is asking a question about a food plot, a broadhead, an arrow, a bow company, or a type of camouflage, everybody all of a sudden is a keyboard warrior and then oh man it drives me crazy and then like on some of these groups um somebody will ask a question about a habitat related question and you've got matt die and adam key answering those questions studs in the realm of habitat management and there's always that one guy that weighs in like well, the conservationist guy come out to my place and told me that, and that was a load of crap. It didn't work, you know, and then he didn't say, like, but I didn't do a soil sample, and I didn't do any of the recommended amendments if I had done a soil sample, and I went and bought surplus seed from my cousin Billy. You know, they leave all this stuff out, and it's just like all of a sudden you have armchair biologists come out to Wazoo, and um, it has been nice, though, because I have seen less of the genetics discussion with coal bucks on a lot of these places where it used to be that was it um but you know it's you you know you got to put your, people got to put their egos aside and that you know and i think you see that and it's really humbling when you're talking to some of these guys uh and gals you know some of the girls that are on there too they have got man they're heavy hitters and they don't they don't just talk it they walk it you know and if you follow them on social media you can see that and man it's 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 very it's fortunate that we live in a country where we can do that. You know what I mean? But it's also fortunate that we just, we had the ability and the way to network and do this. And I mean, it's just, it's been, man, it's been fantastic. And I encourage anybody that's interested, um, just look us up, ask to join. And uh, we keep it closed. And the reason we keep it closed. Keep the Andes out. <laughs> well, not, not, not that as much, but it's like, you know, you've got those armchair biologists that, hate Hoyt and only drive a sure. Ford and think rage broadheads or Satan's dominion on the earth or something, you know, <laughs> I ain't got time to scroll through and deal with, you know, knuckleheads as one of my co coaches told me in high school, but I just, I ain't, I ain't going to deal with it because it's not adding to the conversation. And sometimes now there are times where you've got to have, you're going to have a disagreement with somebody and you're going to have a little bit of discourse but that's the point, you know, that's why we're here because I don't know the last time I 100% wanted something to go my way and it involved another party that I didn't end up having to compromise. 
You know what I mean? I mean, like, it comp- we compromises the, is one of the founding blocks of this country. We have a bunch absolutely. of competing interests, and we try and find some middle ground. You know, yeah. try and find what's right first, and then find some middle ground if if there's two competing right answers. I mean, or right interests maybe. Um, well, yeah, if you look at everything, I mean, shit. Or sorry, dang. No, the, no, you can cuss on this podcast. It's encouraged. I know, but it's encouraged. Yeah, but my mama might hear this. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, um, you know, it was it was a compromise. The reason we got Pittman Robertson and Dangle Johnson, you know, it was a compromise. The the North American Wildlife Conservation Model. You know, it's it's just we we're going to have to have these discussions. And like, I think there's other realms in the social sector we need to look at that. But I don't. I'm not an expert there. And I'm not an expert by conservation by any any stretch of the imagination, but I think that we have enough tools and we have enough of a voice to where we can actually start like voicing what our concerns are and start start the way to get to the point of developing compromise to fix some of these issues. For instance, the fire budget or the maintenance backlog or national parks, um, those folks out west who for some reason apparently missed civics class when they discussed how all the West came about. They don't, they think Lewis and Clark or Obi-Wan Kenobi, George Lucas made them up or something. I don't know, but yeah, man, we've got our work cut out for us. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's pull this plane back up. I think, Sorry. I keep I, going no, off. No, man. it's okay. We both did it. And, and I don't think any of it was wrong. I just think uh, <laughs> we ought to do uh true taste, chase and tails fashion here. And, and 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 share a story, uh, just so people know that you actually are uh, you're not an insurgent. You you're actually a, you're actually an outdoorsman yourself. Uh, oh man! And I, I feel like you can tell whatever story you'd like to. But before uh, yeah, we start recording, story we're gonna get. I, I, I hinted as to which one I was hoping you'd tell. But I, all right, I'm gonna pref I'm gonna preface it with preface whatever that word is. I'm gonna before I tell you this, I'm gonna say this. I am not a fantastic deer hunter, but by God, I can lay out turkeys. So I'm going to tell you my most memorable turkey hunt and probably Walt's favorite. Um, About two, three years ago, there's this place we go every, I mean, it's where I've gone. It's on private land. It's my buddy. uh, It's my buddy's in-laws place. It's this beautiful creek bottom um, with cow pasture. It's just, up behind us running up the ridge is a, a bunch of white pines, and then it comes back down to a, like a rich cove forest, and it wraps around behind us, and then we're right on this creek bottom, and it's just a magical place. Right across the creek from it was 400 acres of a failed development that we used to have permission to turkey hunt on. It's now been bought, and it's being redeveloped, but uh, it's a place that holds some of my the most magical hunts and reignites my soul and cleanses it every April. And, um, it's a beautiful spot. Killed some of my greatest birds down there. But this year, I think it was two, three years ago, I'd already killed a bird with my shotgun and me and my buddy, Daniel, he's one of my best friends been with me hunting. Um, he called and he said, Hey, I've been thinking, We've already got the shotgun one down last year. We both tagged out with our shotguns, you know, in no time. Let's make it a little challenging this year. And I said, all right, what do you want to do? And he said, let's let's go after our bows. Let's go with let's go down there in the creek bottom with our bows and see if, if we can get one. I said, well, right on, man. Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, sounds good. So I had an old, at the time, I think I had a Hoyt magnetic and i was shooting gold tip hunter xx75s with chisel tip swacker uh or chisel tip rages Woo! somewhere there's a fanboy whose mind's exploding i probably just <laughs> lost you a lost your listener um we probably do that daily so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> so i went and uh, i was like yeah man when do you want to do it and he told me the date so i called my buddy jordan and i said all right i'm going to issue a challenge it's called the king of spring you got to kill one with your shotgun and kill one with your bow. But if you kill two with your bow, you're undisputed. You, you're, you're the man. Regardless of how they score, it's got to be Tom's. Nothing against Jake's, but where we're at, we are turkey rich. So uh, Jordan was like, yeah, all right. And he's he's another one of my very best friends that really uh, you know took me under their, his wing when it came to hunting and archery. 
but he's just a stud at hunting. It's really kind of disgusting. He's one of those guys. Like, and um, yeah, yeah, just yeah, exactly. Takes horrible selfies, just like Leighton too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, oh, I'm yeah. so glad you said that. You have no idea. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, so the day comes. And me and Daniel meet up, and we go down there. Um, we're getting ready, and we've got everything set up. And we have a funky chicken. We have, uh, which people say what they want to about decoys. I'm not a purist. I'm trying to kill something. And uh, that funky chicken does it when there is a ticked-off tom coming in. And we had two two feeding hens and one laying down, but they were avian eggs. And those are amazing. Gosh, they're amazing. And then we had the old thunder chicken down in the bottom. Um, probably, well, you'll know the yardage to the thunder chicken here in a moment. But uh, we're sitting there and we start calling. And, I mean, turkeys just light up. And this is a spot where we're, we've seen tons of birds coming out. And, I mean, we've killed birds for years there. It's been amazing. And so it, was, it wasn't a shocker when we had three different gobblers calling from three different directions. And I was like, all right, man, it's going to be awesome. So we're sitting there playing out how it's going to come because they could come from any direction at this point. But we've got a little, uh, one of those, uh, oh, Lord, those like leafy blinds that you can throw up. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get at Walmart for like eight bucks. Yeah. We had one of them up and we're you sitting back up closet, against actually. Man, they killed many a bird behind them mm-hmm. things. Um, and we're sitting there and we're, we've got our back up to a tree. And I'm talking to Daniel. I'm like, man, why are we going to do this if they come in? And about that time, it gets out of my, those words get out of my mouth, and it's just, there's two gobbles right next to each other to our left from where we're sitting, so on Daniel's side. And we watch two toms come, like, next to each other, kind of like bumping each other, strutting, and they come walking up, and they they look at that funky chicken, and it's, the funky chicken's closer. The funky chicken, I put it 20 yards because it never failed. That was the bird they hit. So many times we killed one off of that funky chicken. Um, even with that thunder chicken sitting out there, that daggum funky one, they would come to it and start beating the dog out of it. So I put it at 20 yards in a spot to where it was facing me. So when they got to go face to face with them, I'd be able to draw back. Daniel would be able to draw back. We'd be, you know, it'd be a money shot. That's why we set it up. We just left the thunder somewhere because we just thought, you know, maybe it'll help. Well, they never paid that funky chicken a bit of attention. They were spitting and drumming, and they went right to the thunder chicken. So herein comes the debacle. Daniel has a rangefinder, and he puts it up on a bird that was not on the chicken, on that decoy, but he was close to it. And Daniel ranged him, and he draws back, like, real slowly. I'm watching the birds and, make you know, saying, go, go, hold on, go. And he finally gets the full draw and puts that pin on that turkey and just beautiful shot, drops it. I mean, he hits it. It goes down. He goes, all right, that other bird jumps and comes back and starts flogging his bird on the ground. Like, you know, after 10 seconds, like, what the heck just happened? Starts flogging his bird on the ground, and it gets close to that funky chicken. So I'm like, Daniel, what's the range? And he goes, Hey man, my battery just died. And I said, What? He said, My battery just died in the rangefinder. I said, Okay, cool. What was your bird at when you shot it? He said, Dude, I ain't got a clue. He <laughs> said, All I know is like I just blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, All right. I've like we've doubled up on turkeys tons of times in a lot of places, but never with our bows. And this was our first archery hunt for turkeys, two of us together. It was I was sitting there just in the back of my mind thinking this would immediately put us in the halls of legends for the Eastern wild turkey. And I like, I'm sitting there. I was like, okay, so what are you thinking it is? I mean, this turkey is just beating the dog out of the down one. And it's like hopping all around it. So it's at the front of it. It's at the back of it. It's, you know, it's, they're going nuts and it starts hitting that funky chicken here and there. Well, he goes, man, I think 37 sounds good. So I pulled back, and I saw his bird was at 30. You know, I assumed his bird was at 37. And I put the 40-yard pin kind of low on that bird's chest. 
and I shot and it went directly underneath that turkey. So he jumps, he looks around, looks right at me and Daniel and goes back to flogging that turkey that's on the ground. I knock another arrow and I pull back. And this time he's come up a little bit, but I am an idiot and was not paying any attention and, you know, pull back. So I go and think, well, I went under him. I need to go over. Shot right over old dude's head. That's two arrows. Turkey comes back, starts like flogging that bird, and I pull back, and I just say, okay, I'm putting the 40-yard pin on its beak. Well, I didn't pay any attention to the fact that he had hopped behind the bird. He was lower down the hill. So just <laughs> just like the other two, it's the first one, this one went underneath him and stuck in Daniel's <laughs> That was already on the ground. Oh, no. Dude, this daggum turkey takes off and jumps across the creek wall, and I'm talking this creek is 12, 12 13 foot wide. And it's a deep creek. I mean, it's a it's a sizable creek bottom. He glides across it, and I'm like, "Hey, gum, Daniel, you know this? What do we do?" That joker starts yelping, and that turkey stops and turns around and starts coming back. And I'm like, "You know what? If he's this dumb, I'm just gonna let it eat. You know, I'm just gonna do what I gotta do." So I already had a, the arrow knocked. He's coming back, and he comes to the front of that front funky chicken. And we, we still had not ranged that funky chicken when we set it up. We just threw it up and put – or the thunder chicken, I'm sorry. It was lower in the bottom. And I threw back, and I shot again, and I went under to where my fletching hit it. Hit it right in the leg. My fletching hit its leg. Oh. That sucker jumps up and takes off, you know, kind of running away. Well, at this point, I'm just like, well, heck, I'm just going to go for it. I jump out of the blind, jump up over it, throw another arrow in. This is arrow number five, and I start running after that bird. That bird turns around and stares at me and gobbles. And I looked at it, and I did like a mouth. I was like, whoa, that sucker gobbles, puffs up, and then takes off. And never, we ain't seen that daggum bird since. But that was the day that I missed one turkey four times, and we went and we ranged that thunder chicken. He was at about 45 yards. Daniel Bird, when he shot that bird, he shot that bird at 42 yards. Good. So God. I was I was nowhere. Yeah, yeah, he's a stud. It it makes me so sick. I pick friends that are just. Uh, oh well. So back to Buddy Jordan, right? So the next day, I killed my bird of birds. He was just huge. He had one spur, but that spur with a flat tape on it. That the end of that spur where it was hooking was at an inch and seven eighths. So when you put that flex tape on him, he was about two and almost a quarter inch. I mean, that was a, that was the biggest bird I've ever killed. God. It was an amazing bird. And I was like, man, this is how I redeem myself. Well, that gum Daniel pinwheels one at 42 yards. <laughs> My buddy Jordan pinwheels one through briars at 47 yards Jesus. while running and gunning with his freaking bow. On a place him and his brother-in-law had never even hunted before. That's the same, like, I called him and I said, dude, you're not going to believe I just killed the best turkey in my life. He goes, man, that's great. And, like, he's, you know, <laughs> talking. It came back to me. It's like, you know, it's like the big brother saying, hey, man, that's good. Or, like, yeah. if you ever watch Family Guy, yeah. when they're talking about the Beatles and they say. That's exactly they what I was thinking G about. <laughs> <laughs> they do George Harrison's. They say, we're going to put this on the fridge, George, right here. You know, talking about songs. That's what it felt like. And Jordan goes, man, that was good, Tyler. Way to go. I was like, how was your day? And he goes, yeah, I just stuck one. And his brother-in-law's in the back go, Jordan, that thing was at 47 yards. And I said, what? You know, you did what? And it was just uh, it's a culmination of all that. But, yes, I, I missed one turkey oh, man. four times with a bow. Hey, at least, at least you've had a shot on the turkey. Uh, yeah, yeah, y'all been man. It's been rough for y'all this year, ain't it? Oh, it's been the worst season I've hunted as hard. I've hunted almost the hardest I ever have, and uh, and I've I've heard four gobbles all season long, including scouting. It has just been brutal. I'm all, I got one last ditch effort uh, next weekend before the season ends. That's gonna be my my hail mary. I'm gonna hunt all day. I'm I'm getting guided on an Osceola by a buddy of mine and. Uh, Ooh, dude. Then the next day I'm going to hit a piece of pri uh, private land that I have not touched all year long uh, that I'm convinced the landowner will let me hunt uh, a morning hunt if I'm willing to put in some food plots for him midday. Shoot. So, Boy, that's a, 
And I, and I already got the roost tree picked out on that one, too. I found that during deer season. And I tell you what, I have never dropped a pinpoint on a map so fast as when I found <laughs> that roost tree. <laughs> Dang right, son. Hey, uh, no, I, I'm honestly thinking next year. So this year we're going – we're fortunate in September we're going to go do a hunt out west. Um, very blessed. But next year I'm thinking hard about making it a turkey season. Like uh, you jokers down there in the deep south – I don't y'all y'all drive me crazy. I was talking to Chad the other day. Killing birds like not even two days into March. Yeah. Y'all are already after birds. Man, I this Saturday, April the seventh, will be the youth day. The full season doesn't come until April fourteenth and we run until May thirteenth. Mm. If you've looked at any of my YouTube videos, True Conservation also is on YouTube, even though we only got three subscribers. If you guys want to help out there, <laughs> I think I'm one of on them. In. Yeah, you are. We appreciate the support, bud. Um, we actually have videos, and it's all turkey hunting stuff right now because we just started it. And but there's one. There was ten daggum gobblers. There was fifteen strutters in the field, but I only counted the ones that were puffed up and gobbling. On my YouTube channel, you gotta go look at that video. Hey, but... you're up to five now, by the way. <laughs> Uh, big time yeah here before too long i'm gonna have to <laughs> trademark a hashtag or something i don't know we'll have to figure out what happens but they, they it's it's been weird we're waiting to see how they are they're summer hand up we've seen a lot of evening activity man i watched four fight last night mm. and that you know it's just but i tell you what man i love turkey hunting i love deer i just love hunting a squirrel i love it all and i tell you what what i love about y'all's podcast is how many folks you have on there, and it comes back to what you and I have discussed about this. And I don't know if you've if you've said this before, but when Shane Mahoney was talking about the tail, the discussion of the harvest of the animal, the chasing of the animal, all that, man, man, we've been missing that. That's why I love this podcast. You and Layton have done a good job. Well, just, you, I'll buddy. teach. I'll just teach you how to shoot a turkey, <laughs> and I'll get Layton a selfie stick. There, yeah, maybe maybe some lessons too. Send them some YouTube videos, but uh, no, man, I, I appreciate that. That's that's the if there's if there's one goal of this podcast, it's to tell some good stories, and and the, hearing what you just said makes me you know, warms my heart knowing that uh, our effort has 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 succeeded. So, oh yeah, it's been great, man. It really well, has. That's awesome, Bubba. Well, listen, I need to be sensitive to your time. It's getting late here, and we're we're headed out early in the morning. So, but. One last time, why don't you tell everybody where on social media can they find you and uh, where do you need them to go other than social media? So on social media, on uh, Facebook, if you just type in True Conservationist, um, that's my Facebook page. The group is Talking Conservation, and that's T-A-L-K-I-N with the apostrophe, just like we do it down here in the dirty. <laughs> and then uh, on Instagram, it's at True Conservationist. And on Twitter, I think it's at True Conserve, but I don't get I don't tweet as much anymore because there's a lot of other folks that maybe they shouldn't be tweeting as much, so <laughs> I try and just stay out of there. Um, but also, you can also find me at trueconservationist.com, and uh, you know you can reach me on any of those. I, if people message me, I try and get back to them. But just come and be a part of the conversation, um, and don't. And that's the other thing. Like I would. I'd, I'd like to say to folks more is I feel like some people don't want to talk and they don't want to become involved in any conversations because they feel very, they feel like they're ignorant and they don't know enough. And I can't say enough of how asking questions and like using the resources that we have available, how important that is. Um, you know, reaching out to folks like you notice in a forum or you notice something that you admire how they hunt or maybe asking questions about what they're talking about when they're talking about a policy or a habitat thing, you know, just actually reach out and talk to folks, man. I mean, it's, we're really, really fortunate and our hunting community that I see on Facebook, just a good bunch of folks, man. Just a really great bunch of folks. Phenomenal group of folks, really. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have you back on. We're going to touch on a variety of topics. Uh, the structure of our sessions hasn't been nailed out down yet, but uh, look look, yeah. for, look for more of Tyler pretty frequently in the near future. And, uh, maybe yeah, and message us. Yeah. Message us and let us know what you want to, what you got questions about. I'll do my best to nail it down. 
Find some stuff out. It can be policy, habitat, whatever, man. We'll, we'll work on it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah the, the good news is it is a broad and deep topic. We can, well, there's a variety yeah. of different things we can talk about. So, but, uh, yeah. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Matter of fact, I I don't even hope. I know you enjoyed this podcast because I enjoyed it myself. I hope you're enjoying the new audio equipment. I know uh, the last episode was kind of, there was a little bit of background noise there, but I figured it out. User error. I'm just a dumb old country boy figuring this out, pushing buttons until it starts recording. So, uh, But uh, until next time, I'm Walt. Y'all be good.